Hello everyone, welcome to Minority Mavericks. This is Angel Leon, your host. And this is the show where we tell the story of every single minority entrepreneur, founder, and investor of this world. And in today's episode, I have the pleasure to have Arlan Hamilton, founder of Backstage Capital, in the show. Welcome to the show, Arlan. Thank you so much. Thank you, Arlan. Thank you for being here and taking the time to share your story today with uh, the audience and to get started, you know, let's start with the basics. Um, if you want to, you know, share your with our listeners your background story uh, and the, that journey that led you from homel- homelessness, right, to becoming a venture capital trailblazer as you are today. Yeah, about a decade ago, I had been, I was 34 or so, and I was entering my 34th year of uh, financial instability And then as an adult had been on food stamps and uh, was actually living at the San Francisco airport for a part of that year, 2015, I should say. And at the same time for the past few years, I had been really looking into uh, starting a venture fund that would invest in underrepresented founders. So people of color, LGBTQ plus and women And I now call them underestimated. But at the time, I was looking to in, uh, invest in companies that were led by people who were being overlooked. And even though I was having my personal um, financial issues that so many of us have gone through, I knew that there needed to be this type of fund in the world because it did not exist the way that I saw it. And so I had spent a few years trying, trying to raise money, hadn't been able to do that had a lot of people saying it was a good idea or that it was a nice cause, but weren't really looking at it as a for-profit entity. And then in 2015, I met a woman named Susan Kimberlin at a, an investor course in Silicon Valley that I, I was living in Texas, but I got myself to this investor course against all odds. And I met her and she was, she had some money. She had uh, money in her family but she was looking for something and I was able to provide her with a lot of information because I had been working so diligently on learning about investing and about startups and tech that I was able to provide her with something that she didn't have, which was a lot of this type of experience and information that she couldn't get on her own. So we combined the two a few months into knowing her, she invested money into a fund, uh, $25,000, uh, to get me going, to get me into an office at a WeWork and to, you know, have some money foundationally. And then another $25,000 to invest in someone else. And that started what has now become nearly $30 million raised across thousands of investors because I share my upside with uh, retail investors, which is very rare in venture. And we have invested in more than 200 companies led by underestimated founders at this point. That's great, Arlanda. Very, very great story. Uh, you know, lots of, lots of passion, uh, right? Lots of resiliency more than anything else, I would say. So, um, you know, really appreciate and love your story there. Um, and as you mentioned, Backstage Capital, uh, you know, they've been pioneering force uh, in investing in founders who are, right, people of color, women, LGBTQ. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on the impact that you have seen in the ecosystem, right? In the startup ecosystem by focusing on these underrepresented uh, uh, founders and startups. Yes, when I started, especially when I was just asking around and people were not giving any kind of capital, 
I was told literally that I should not be talking about race, gender, or orientation in Silicon Valley. I was told by white men this, that it was uh, to be hushed, you know, in back rooms. And so that's the landscape I was working in. Today, when we think about diversity and inclusion in tech and in investing, it's everywhere we look, it's somebody's talking about it. I believe, and you can, you know, ask our founders, you can ask the people who have learned from us, ask other investors over time. I believe that Backstage had a very large uh, uh, part in that. And the fact that it, the even the lexicon, even the verbiage that we use, like underestimated in other words, that we use today in investing came from uh, Backstage's work. So the way I think about it is like, what would have happened if Backstage didn't exist? I believe that we would have gotten to a place where there would have been uh, a conversation about it, but it wouldn't have happened as quickly and it wouldn't have been as broad and as uh, welcomed. And so you can see it there. You can see it in our portfolio, the thousands of jobs that have been created, the hundreds of millions of dollars in enterprise value that has been billions in enterprise value that has been created. And the the offshoot um, of, of funds that have been created. Now, when you say, when I, I learned back in 2015 or 2014 that less than 10% of all venture funding goes to women, people of color, and LGBTQ founders in the country mm-hmm. where, they, where white men make up 30% of the country. Uh, the, unfortunately, the number, the percentages haven't changed too much, but the amount of money has changed. Uh, because as as more investment dollars have come in, we've kept up at least with the numbers. And uh, I am an investor personally. I have a, a, a personal fund of funds. I'm an investor in 30 funds by emerging wow. manager. And 29 of those funds did not exist before Backstage. And they have Backstage's mandate in one way or another. So that's another major wow. stark example mm-hmm. that I can look at every day and say, yeah, the, the people who tell me I started a venture fund or I started angel investing as someone who's underrepresented because Backstage showed me the way, that to me is impact. And the last piece I'll say is that Backstage has 58 or sorry, 59. Um, no, it is 58. We have 58 Backstage Catalysts. So if you go to BackstageCatalyst.com, we have 58 investing apprentices from all backgrounds, walks of life. Some of them have experience and some of them don't. Many of them don't. And we've taken them through years of uh, apprenticeship as well, because that is how we believe that the next wave of impact happens. Very powerful, uh, Arlen. And why, why why the name Backstage Capital? So I used to work in, um, in concert touring. Okay. I worked my way up from 21. When I was 13, I saw Janet Jackson concert uh, in the front row through a series of events that I talk about in both of my books. My, my book, It's About Damn Time, I talk about it. And mm-hmm. my new book, Your First Million, I talk about it as mm-hmm. the intro. Um, and when I, when I saw her at 13 years old, I made a promise to myself that I would somehow work in music touring because it just okay. seems so powerful to me. So it's... It, from 21 on, 21 to 30, 30 something, 34, I was working in touring and I'm 43 now. And I went from working with garage bands who had no budget and I was driving to working. Uh, the wow. last gig I did was with Will I Am at Wembley Stadium. 
Okay. So, and that happened actually at, that happened a year after I started, like had my first investment. So it's a whole story, you know, it's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. because <laughs> I, I worked backstage, okay. um, I was, I, I used to call the fund back in 2014. It was called interlude ventures because interlude was the name of a magazine that I had created uh, in my twenties. Okay. And so I really liked it, but I thought interlude sounds like it's too fleeting. It sounds too temporary <laughs> and okay. too small. And what I want to do is so much bolder than that. And so I was driving around with my mom in Pearland, Texas one night while we were both home, like living out of a, a hotel and um, we had a rental car. We were driving around. I think we were going to the grocery store or something. And I said to her, I'm looking for this new name for a, a fund that I'm creating. And, she, and, you know, we have to think about we are poor at this point. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to her about a million dollar fund that I think I'm going to be able to create. And so <laughs> she was daydreaming with me. And she and I said, if you could think of a name, help me think of a name, that'd be great. And I thought she would go think about it for a few days and give me some ideas and I could kind of bounce off. As soon as I said that, just a few moments later, after she just thought about it for a second, she goes, what about backstage? Because you were, you help, um, you help musicians backstage. You could do the same thing for, for companies. That's very <laughs> like, cool. That's so genius, you know? And so yeah. we called it backstage capital and like, my mom uh, works with me today. That's very cool. Very cool. It's, it's a perfect name. <laughs> very, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it, it tells more about your story than anything else. So it's very interesting to even, you know, know about it. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Um, and, and for your book that you mentioned, uh, it's about the end time, um, where, you know, you, you share your personal journey there in that book. Um, what is the message or lesson that you hope, you know, your readers, uh, especially those with minority, uh, bike backgrounds, right. They take away from, from your story and your book. It's about damn time came out in May of 2020. So the publisher decided to release the book even though they weren't releasing a ton of books because they thought it would be so helpful and it ended up helping. And the reason was the book is about resilience. It's about grit. It's about overcoming obstacles in the way that you were born, raised, your profile, your background, and not letting that be the thing that determines your future. And so it's called, it's about damn time. The book is called that how to turn being underestimated into your greatest advantage. So if you feel underestimated, if you feel like someone or people or the world, it doesn't understand your full potential, you will get something out of this book. And I think um, that reading this, reading my first book helps you really understand my second book that's new, Your First Million. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't had the, the, the time to actually read it, but I'll definitely will take a look at it uh, for sure. Um, you know, I started reading more or less about it and yeah, I hear great things about it. So yeah, I would um, say I did the audio for both. So grab the audio oh, for, for it's about damn time. Put that sucker on okay. 1.5 X and just walk around with it, you know? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. will do. And you have a, you know, you have amongst, many other things that you have going on at the same time. Uh, you also have another company called Runner. Yes. Uh, yes. Where you're connecting talent basically with uh, companies. Um, how, how do you see, how do you see this right uh, involvement with, um, with Runner uh, playing right in diversity and inclusion and, and why Runner? 
Right. So I run Backstage Capital. It's a full-time job. There's, it's more than a full-time job. It's so much responsibility with 200 portfolio companies. But I'm an entrepreneur. And I think being an entrepreneur makes me a better investor. And so I had been working on Backstage for about seven years. And I said, I want to do something that has that entrepreneurial spirit, but I want it okay. to be aligned. So the number one thing founders ask me for is money. We have backstage and that addresses right. that. The second most uh, requested help is, can you help me hire someone? And mm -hmm. so I had always been helping people match, 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 match. Here's a great person I know about. Here's someone looking for a, a, an executive assistant, et cetera, et cetera. And so Runner, to me, was just a perfect combination of being something that I could really, that was really needed, first of all. That's most important. It was needed. Yeah. I knew it was needed on a day-to-day -day basis, especially mm -hmm. with all the layoffs that have happened in the last couple of years. And then something that I felt was super aligned with my overall mission. And then even the word runner is what I learned, what I had when I was working on uh, music touring, we would have a runner in each city who would know the city well and go and run around and do errands for us and, and, and be really important and clutch for what we were doing in that city that day. And so even the name is associated with the backstage kind of vibe to it. Right. Very interesting, very cool. And and um, I, I, I have been personally involved too with startups uh, for the past 10 years. Um, so definitely see, you know, the, the need of, of the talent, right? Uh, it's time consuming. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not just involving how much it costs to hire someone but then the time that consumes you know the founder right to find that that right person um so definitely you know uh things like this definitely help and and you also have other you know again other things going on and you help a lot uh especially the black community and um if you don't mind you know talking a little bit about the scholarship programs that you have out there and all these different types of supports that you have for black students Yeah, and actually it's for all types of students who are underestimated. Um, so I have, uh, with my mother, several scholarships at colleges around the world, and, uh, and, and I didn't really go to college. I went to a community college for about half a year, but I didn't really go to college. Even though I was accepted into a couple, I, it was just so hard for, for us to afford anything, even with scholarships. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, I'm leaving somebody behind, and, you know, it was this whole thing, and so... When I when we decided to do these scholarships, we did one at we wanted to do a couple of things. One is like we wanted to make a big statement, so we did them at very well known colleges and at very well known um, HBCUs, so historically black colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the first one we ever did was at Oxford, which is crazy, right? <laughs> like to do one at Oxford, yeah. and in their history, they had never had a scholarship for a black scholar. So wow. we were the first. And so there have been others have have happened after us because we kind of created that trend. But what we did was the second thing we wanted to make sure, besides it being in like a well-known school, was that it was a full ride scholarship that also included a stipend because we wanted to make it so that you could take the scholarship, but also you didn't have to worry about like your rent and things like that at the school. So we have, um, right. we have one at Oxford. We have three students that have gone through it over the years and they're still going through it. Some of them are still going through it. Four year uh, at Oxford, which you can imagine is very expensive. We have one at Harvard Law, a black man going through Harvard Law, I think is so important. We have okay. 
Paxton at um, at uh, the University of Texas at Austin. She is uh, the student who, during her, she's a white girl, and during this, during her, uh, com- her commencement speech, she was the valedictorian of her school, and during okay. her speech, she went rogue. She handed in a very normal speech to her, uh, to the, uh, to the uh, people, you know, the, the principal. Mm-hmm. And then when she got out there, she started going off about abortion rights in a very, you know, wow. very specific, mm-hmm. meticulous way. It wasn't like she was going on a rant. Right. She had written it. She had just handed them the wrong uh, thing. I thought that was so cool. It just so happens that that high school reunion, uh, high school graduation was the high school I went to. So wow. I saw it in the national news and I said, Lake Highlands, that's, I went there. So I got in touch with her. I asked people, how can I get in touch with her? I got in touch with her. I talked to her and her mother and I said, I want to help you continue to do this work. So I and her mother pay for her college education. Um, we have that at, at HBCU Dillard in New Orleans where my mother graduated. So she has a, her own scholarship there, which, you know, from going from sleeping out of a hotel, not knowing where we're going to eat that day to having a scholarship at your alma mater. It's just right. been really cool. And we, we, you know, we do that. I think that to scale we'll want to do more smaller grants because it's just an expensive thing to do, but we wanted to set an example first. Amazing, uh, Arlen, and, and, you know, thank you for sharing your story so far. Uh, all I see is just a lot of passion, mm. a lot of determination, resiliency, right? And as I said before in this show, many times too, you know, I feel that minority people have that resiliency that no one else has. Um, and that's because, you know, we've been so somewhat isolating in some sort of ways or we've been just you know diminished in many ways so and and that kind of keeps keeps us from uh or you know from or, or just being more creative mm-hmm. right and and the creativity just kind of kicks in right and mm-hmm. and that determination that we have to you know just do what we need to do in order to support our families and you know uh create our own dreams and live our own dreams right that's yes. that's all it takes yes and you're proof and obviously um, that, you know, anyone can actually become successful, uh, that it's all about passion. It's all about, you know, making mistakes. It's all about asking questions and being curious and asking the right, the right people, right. Connecting with the right people that, that may be able to help you that have uh, your same vision or your same mission in life. There's a lot of people out there. We always forget that you know, there's 8 billion people out in this world, right? We're, we're not the only ones for as individual as we think we are. There's so many people out there with the same vision that we have, and we just have to go find them. I agree. Um, so thank you so much for, for you know, sharing that. It was a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, and just to kind of close out here real quick, uh, looking ahead and uh, in the future, um, you know, any future plans that you have with uh, with the funds, uh, with your book, uh, personal yeah. life, um, uh, stuff like that? Yeah, my new book, Your First Million, is where I'm talking about how I want to help create and catalyze 1,000 new millionaires over the next decade who look like us. And so the book okay. is How You Make Your First Million. Check it out. Get that. Um, yeah. I'm also doing a book tour and a big book a book big event called your first million live april 9th through the 12th 2024 
in Los Angeles. So you can get all that information for all of those pieces at yourfirstmillion.live. It'll tell you about the book tour. It'll tell you about the big event we're doing in April. We announce amazing speakers like Rich Paul, who's LeBron's agent. Um, Sheila Johnson, who is the first black woman billionaire who co-founded BET. We have all kinds of people who will be there. TLC, the musicians, will be doing a full Mm -hmm. concert at the event to close the event at a big uh, theater where the Emmys are held. So we got a a big event coming up. Definitely want to see people. And what's cool about that is that it'll be people from different ecosystems. So a lot of people from Backstage Capital will be there. A lot of people from Runner will be there. You'll be able to find a job there. You'll be able to find out if you want one, or you'll be able to find out like, how do I take my company to the next level? Just all kinds of things to make it so that um, people can can be one of those 1,000. That's my goal. So there, there you have it. Um, you know, lots of opportunities for a lot of people. Uh, thank you so much for you know being part of all that. Thank you so much for pushing that forward for all these people out there that need it as well, Arlen. Um, you know, people just like you that struggle from from day one, um, and you know they need our support as well. So um, I really personally appreciate, uh, first of all, the time that you took to be on the show today. Um, and again, thank you for sharing that beautiful story of yours. Uh, thank you for the passion and determination. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people out there is going to love your story. So again, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. And this was Minority Mavericks. This is your host, Angel Leon. And this is the show where we tell the story of all Minority Mavericks out there, founders, entrepreneurs, and investors of this world. See you next time.